Welcome to the Udamia Hello podcast. I am RJ. I'm here with Andy. Uh, and today we are bringing you live uh, something special, something we haven't done before. We are going to do our first interview. Um, and it was with that shirtless man you saw a few seconds ago on the promo. Uh, but Andy, why don't you kind of fill him in? Who is this? So this is a, a longtime friend of ours, um, someone who we uh, backyard wrestled with and actually went on to become an independent wrestler himself uh, here in the New England scene. Uh, did quite well. Um, and, you know, just someone we were we thinking about interviews. I think you were the first name uh, that came up on our list of someone that we thought would have an interesting story to tell. So um, I'd like to introduce Antonio Atama. Awesome, man. Thank you so much uh, for the kind words. I'm happy I had uh, two fans. <laughs> you had way more than that, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been a crazy ride from, you know, I think we were all, uh, I was definitely in middle school. You guys are a little bit older than me. You guys are at Cranston East, and I think I was at Parkview at the time doing the backyard wrestling thing. And it's just, it's crazy to see, uh, you know, where I ended up. And again, it wasn't anything, it wasn't like a lavish lifestyle or anything, but I can definitely say from that Parkview Middle School kid, I definitely lived the dream, so. Nice. Well, thanks for taking your time to, to be with us today. Uh, for people who are watching on YouTube or Facebook today, you can catch us uh, on YouTube, Facebook, uh, on both, and also on Instagram. Um, but uh, Antonio is uh, joining us uh, by audio, so if you're looking for him, uh, he is here. He's just uh, speaking audio only. But um, we've known Anthony for, what, what what year is it? I don't know. It's been 20 years, 20 years probably. Has to be. Easily, yeah. yeah. As I think I started wrestling with you guys in sophomore year of high school. So that was 2000 for me, 99, 2000. So Jesus. 20 years. This is a 20-year anniversary of our friendship. It is. It's, it's incredible. Bringing back the attitude era right now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that day well. The, the Benny's oh, attitude word. era. This whole, this whole podcast is going to be filled with inside jokes that no one knows except for us. I remember that well. I remember, I remember that, that day well. Oh, my word. <laughs> Uh, if Biggie had a computer, he would know what that is. But <laughs> yeah, I was gonna it. say we had uh, we had quite the group of characters in the backyard. I should yeah. I say backyard. Sometimes it was backyard. Sometimes it was a Benny's parking lot. Yes. Or a park, <laughs> park park view playground with like five year olds watching us uh, yep. bash each other. Hey, we drew a crowd then. We did. We did. <laughs> we de we definitely had fans uh, as well as people who. Um, we're in just horror of what we were doing, and yeah. we had the police called on us numerous times. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. That was. And they would come and just be like, "Yeah." And they would come over and be like, "You guys killing each other?" No. All right, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> if that tells you the kind of generation we lived in, we legit uh, wrestled in an abandoned uh, warehouse parking lot, um, <laughs> just fighting each other on foam from furniture uh, moving. Yes. Um, that our good friend Dean would carry for two miles uh, to <laughs> to the slot. We're gonna get a big group on here of all the guys or something. We're gonna try to have like a UWA reunion. Oh man, that's true. That's true. UWA catch us on GeoCities. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, we we had probably had a MySpace at one point too, but um, most likely, yeah. Dean kept a live journal, but um, God, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, that's how we met. That's how we met you. Um, again, you said you were a middle school kid who could run circles around most of us uh, wrestling. Uh, we've had Ryan Hanley on the show. 
uh, in the past. So we've actually talked to him a little bit about about meeting him back in the wrestling days too. And um, and, and then we it's actually it's crazy because so like we just said we met each other all twenty years ago, and when I started catching some steam in XWA, Ryan Hanley's doing commentary. Yeah. So yep. it came around full circle. It was absolutely crazy to me. That's and, true. Uh, he would always attempt to put me over on commentary because of the history <laughs> and whatnot. But sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Nice. I totally forgot about that until today when I was watching some clips. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, Ryan's right there at the commentary booth. I was like, oh, man, I totally forgot. Like, we should have just called him in, too. Um, <laughs> so I, it's funny. So you're saying, oh, at least I had a fan. So do you, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was a Dragon Gate USA show in Boston. I'm yep. stand, standing in line, and here you come with a group of people, right? And uh, hadn't seen each other in years. And I'm like, hey, man. So we're catching up. And people just start coming up to you, and they're like, dude, I love you. Like, you're awesome. And I'm like, what are these? I'm like, what's going on here? Like, who? And you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, I've been wrestling. And I'm like, dude, what the hell? Uh, and then, and then from there, I, you know, I just started watching your stuff and coming to the shows and seeing you. And um, yeah, that was, that was, was crazy. That was my my first Dragon Gate show. Um, I think one of my well, I, I knew a couple of people on the show, but I think we specifically went there to see. I think it was Jason Blade. I'm not sure who he worked. To be honest with you, but it was yeah. I remember it was me, Mike, and Jose Perez, and we went down to see. Uh, Blade work, and uh, I was just completely mesmerized by it because that back then I was still just getting used to like independent wrestling, yeah, uh, and just seeing you know there's Sammy Callahan live in person then and and all that was the first time I ever experienced him and I completely fell in love with the character and everything like that and it was just unbelievable to see all the local guys that I was tr like getting to know at the time do their thing it was absolutely crazy to me but I do remember that and. Uh, that aspect of it, like the people coming up to you and stuff like me and stuff like that, it's that's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Is it weird or is it do you like did you oh, find it like intrusive or no, I, I I I mean I've come across some weirdos um <laughs> along the way. You saw Andy at the Dragon. Yeah, Club, so yeah, yeah. That's it. That was, that was that was my first experience with a weirdo. Um <laughs> no, I, I I met some cool people that I'm friends with to this day, even though I don't wrestle. Um and, you know, like I said, I, the wrestling fans are weird. I'm a wrestling fan, so I can say that I'm weird. Yes. Um, you know, but a, again, a good, everybody had a good heart in whatever they were trying to do or get shirts, promo picks, whatever the case may be. Some people just wanted to say hello, which was cool to me. And I always right. took the time to do that regardless of where I was. But it got to a point where in the summertime, me and my wife would be driving in Johnston, windows down, and I would hear people yell at red lights, Atama! I'm just like, <laughs> oh my Jack. god, this is absolutely crazy. I don't go to Johnston, there's no reason for me to say that. <laughs> um, so, let's, let's back up a little bit. How did you get into the love of wrestling, like actually watching it, and who were some of the people that you just idolized growing up in the wrestling world? Um, I remember what, so, I, I Again, I, I was very young at the time. I do remember watching WrestleMania 7 live, which was like 91, and not understanding anything about it. I, I was petrified of The Undertaker. I watched him wrestle Jimmy Snooker, the, the retirement match with uh, Macho and Warrior. 
And I just, I didn't understand it, but my cousins, my brother were there and whatnot. So they were all into it hardcore. Um, it wasn't until uh, the 92 Rumble. And at that time, I, I think I'm five years old, right? And I still don't understand it, but all I knew was WWF at the time. So in comes Ric Flair, who I've never seen in my life until he came to WWF. And for some reason, the promo before the Rumble, where he's standing there with Perfect and pretty much telling the world that he's going to win the Royal Rumble, this five-year-old kid believed him, and I was sucked in. Um, absolutely fell in love with Ric Flair then. Um, and then I, I, I love the character. I love the Ultimate Warrior, not for his wrestling, just for the energy he had, Macho Man. Um, you know, it's... Definitely, a lot of the uh, the glitz and glam drew me into those guys. Overall, I just I I loved that era of wrestling back then. Like I remember vividly Papa Shango making the Ultimate Warrior throw up. Yeah, that was absolutely insane. crazy. Yeah, I I'm with you, man. Like Ultimate Warrior was my my big thing as a kid because I, I he was meant for the kids. Like he drew yeah. you in. Yep. I was opposite about Ric Flair because I didn't know who Ric Flair was coming in either, but his style is completely different than what you yeah. saw. And so he kind of, it was kind of boring to me at that <laughs> time, you know, as a kid, now, yeah. you, you know, you get older, you kind of, you know, appreciate different things. So that's why you say that. Yeah. Um, I didn't get into wrestling until 96. So for me, it was Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Bret Hart, yeah. uh, Razor Ramon, uh, Diesel, um, you know, those guys, I did go back and end up watching a lot of the early nineties stuff. Um, you know, I remember probably the first major thing was like watching uh, Taker versus Taker at uh, SummerSlam '94. Yep, you know, awesome. going back and watching that and some of those events. But '96 on '96 to like '02, '03 was my yeah. like sweet spot watching all of that. You know, even I, my favorite part was actually really before the Attitude Era. Um, you know, that '96 '97 spot when it was like Shawn Michaels at the top for a good majority of it. Oh yeah, uh, and Bret Hart. And, 92 was just like the first time where I remember I got hooked. And I, I mean, I, I haven't been watching religiously since then. So there was a decent gap where, you know, it, it wasn't, it was touch and go. But I would probably say I kind of got back into it right around the time, RJ, when you were saying like 96, like WrestleMania 12, the Iron Man match and all that. Yeah. That was, that was prime time for me. But vividly, I remember the 92 Rumble. And when that man was on my screen telling me he's going to win the Royal Rumble, and he did. I was like, oh my God, like this is, <laughs> how did he know? Like, this is awesome. <laughs> it completely, I, I believe it. He completely drew me in. And I watched that promo to this day. Every once in a while, I'll throw it on. And it's just like going down memory lane. You were like, this 50 year old man's going to win. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Ric Flair has been 50 for about 40 years. Oh yeah. That, <laughs> he's been old forever. Yeah. 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 But um, to me as a kid, I thought he was like, like, Dude looks like my grandfather. Like, so <laughs> I couldn't buy into it at that time. So, you know, we ended up meeting up in wrestling in about 99, 2000, probably. Um, and I think you had been wrestling there prior to us when we came in. Uh, how did you get connected with the UWA gang? And, you know, what are some memories you have of that time? Um, and I know we, sh I don't know if we should be uh, supporting backyard wrestling anymore no, in the abandoned warehouse, but. Uh, it was a blast, and it was some of the best times of my life. Um, to, you know, but what what are some of the memories you have of getting into that and and stuff like that? Absolutely. I mean, I I feel like anybody who's wrestled, anybody who is wrestling, anybody on TV, they they've all 
got together with their friends and they did exactly what we did. Maybe not to the level that we did it, but 100%, whether it was on a trampoline, in a backyard, in a park, they did some sort of wrestling. Um, so I don't, in, a, in the quote unquote business, right? It's, it's frowned upon, but I, I absolutely loved it. Um, but I went to, I went to middle school with Joe, Dean, uh, I'm not sure if he was there when you were there, uh, Chris Derry, and they were just a good group of kids. Um, I was always a year younger than them or two. And honestly, I don't even know how like the wrestling thing came about. I, I remember, I vaguely remember being at Saturday detention and I think Joe Gorman was like, Hey, uh, you know, you should come and watch us wrestle. And I'm like, what do you mean? Watch you wrestle? Like what, what's going on here? <laughs> and I went once and I was like, I'm in, like, just, just tell me what I got to do. I'm in. And, uh, you know, I, I think getting up every Saturday and, and just going to Dean's house at the time in the beginning was just that, that was it for me. You know, we gave us something to do. We were a close tight knit group of friends and we, we were having fun doing what we loved and we thought we were doing it right. <laughs> we took that seriously so for people who have yeah. no idea what we're talking about every saturday literally every saturday sometimes in the snow in sometimes the snow. in light rain uh <laughs> it could be 30 degrees out 20 degrees out we met every saturday and we wrestled in front of anywhere from three to 15 people sometimes um <laughs> in anywhere that we could get away with doing it and we would record it and we would we had everything entrance music on an old cd player um we had storylines that lasted throughout the entire season um we took it very very seriously but i know andy you wanted to bring up uh, an infamous match that happened in the ewa days yeah oh. so so for all of us that that wrestled in the backyard like it was more about moves or like series of sequences of, of, of moves together like we might practice something here and there but as far as like putting on an actual story in a match i think was few and far between in backyard wrestling like we were there just to show off that we could do a cool move or a flip Absolutely. or something like that right but there was one match so most of the time let's be real we were there to like get ourselves over and like do our stuff and then like might watch each other's matches like in and out maybe just make fun of each other sometimes but there was a match that you joe and dean had yeah so you were you were rage we had storm and gorman and mr greatness yep. and it was <laughs> We wrestled on foam mats. Like these things were soft and nice, they, and they made nice slap sound when you hit it. Like these things, you, you can't find the material anywhere. I don't know where Dean got it from, but there was a no foam match. Yep. And, and it was, the ground was like mud that day too. And the three of you guys, I I watched just in awe of of this match because you guys told a really good story. It was back and forth, um, and like I remember the finishing sequence. Was it you? that got handcuffed to like yep. the fence yep so we had handcuffs i think it was a chain i don't, I don't know it was it, something yeah, yeah it was it handcuffs chain. Because it maybe fell in off. my head it was handcuffs but uh <laughs> <laughs> it was a chain yeah right and you're you're in the fence and you kick the chair into joe's face and you just keep stomping it until you he's knocked out and you pin him one two three and i was just like that was an awesome finish the whole match was great you guys were pulling off moves like perfectly um yeah, do you remember that match at all? I do. I actually still oh, have. Obviously, the VHS. You said the, yeah, you said the the chain. Yeah, I still I have the VHS, and <laughs> I want to say like four years ago, 
Joe, so Joe Gorman's birthday is in December and he was having some people over, whatever. So he invited me over. I just got done coaching at a wrestling tournament. I'm like, I'm going to bring the VHS, right? <laughs> so we pop it in and everybody's like, what is this? Like, what are you, what are you, what are you putting on the TV right now? And Joe's like, just, let's just watch, just watch. And it, it, it was, pro that was probably the, the most fun that I ever had. Um, a lot of planning went into it from, I think I want to, I, I recall. So it was for some, I forget the name of the title, to be honest with you, all the titles that we had. But I think we were watching WrestleMania 18 at RJ's house. And we were trying to build uh, the card for, I think it was Atrocity. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. So there was, I forget how it came up, but someone was like, all right, well, why don't you three wrestle? And we were like, all right, well, who's going to win? Right? So I think we, we pulled straws or something. And I ended up with the lucky straw. And I remember it clear as day at RJ's house, and it was pretty crazy. But... I remember, I remember planning it that day. I remember constantly talking to Joe because we were super, super tight and trying to come up with all these crazy spots. And it, it was just, for what it was, it was perfect to us. But I, I, I talk to Joe about it all the time and not that specific match, but I'm just like, remember the, like, the crazy stuff we used to do? And he would always say, yep, no foam. <laughs> uh, for people who are following along, Joe ended up uh, going into music, um, and he has some stuff out as five. Um, yep. And he's, uh, he's been very um, successful uh, this year specifically um, and doing some really cool things. So uh, maybe we'll, we'll have him on the show in the future. But, um, but we, UWA was a great time. How was the change from doing backyard wrestling at such a high level <laughs> to moving into the business um, outside of the yard? Uh, so there was a little gap in between, obviously. Um, it was, it was nerve-wracking. It was exciting. It was everything I imagined it would be. Um, I literally, so me and my buddy uh, and a group of people, we went to SummerSlam in Boston in 2006. And my buddy was just completely on board with wrestling like I was. And actually the, the new Cena and Edge story untold on the network, when, when they're talking about that specific match, camera, you'll see me, zoomed in on the camera, completely disgusted that John Cena won. <laughs> um, and everybody was texting me and they're like, they just made you Ms. Girl. I was like, yeah, they did. Like, I felt terrible about that. Um, but it was the day after that, that we went and we found Slam Tech University run by Bob Evans. And I remember going to Pawtucket and walking into that mill or warehouse, whatever it was, and just hearing people take bumps. And I just remember like my heart just racing, like I'm in the right place. I'm going to like, in that, in my mind that day, I was like, I'm going to get signed. Like it, I know it. All right. <laughs> And uh, it was it was a huge huge difference. Um, it's it's definitely an art, um, and I can verify that we were doing it wrong the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, it was it was a different transition. But that, I think that big gap, because there are a lot of kids and a lot of guys that are still doing you know very little backyard stuff and just having fun with their friends and whatnot, and they'll find a school and they'll be like, oh, you know, I. I did this and you see these kids get hurt and it's just like, you know, just listen to the people that are there trying to help you type of thing. I, so, uh, slam tech was in, I think I wrestled, I think I trained there a little bit. 
in the mills. Yep. And I think, a lot, I think a lot of people had yep. gone through there. Yeah, it's the same place Ryan Hanley went to for a yep. weekend. Uh, okay, a no, weekend. different place then. No, I, I was totally in a different place. <laughs> it was the mill in Pawtucket. There's probably like 100 mills in Pawtucket. So. No, you definitely, you definitely were there. I remember talking to you specifically. Bob Evans ran it. I believe – I think it was Ryan. I saw uh, like a practice match with Ryan or something yeah. from yep. EPW or Slam Tech. And I'm almost positive you – when we bumped into each other somewhere, somehow, I, I remember you telling me you were training there for a little bit. And something yeah. to do with your back, maybe? No, I, I'm just old. Oh. I, I've had an old body forever. So, <laughs> But uh, it, was, it was Bob Evans didn't have it yet. Uh, somebody else uh, was running it. Um, oh. So I was training under them. I think it was. I think his name was John Poe and TJ Richter. Uh, Evans okay. State, uh, were there. Um, I actually got... You brought up Jose Perez, but like a lot of the guys came in to train there as well. So I got to work with in a very short amount of time that I was there yeah. um, with some of the guys who've been around the Indies forever in, in New England, guys that I, you know, had watched. So yeah, um, which is funny though. When I took when I took a back bump, they were like, "Have you done that before?" And I, I was like afraid to say it, and I was like, "Yeah, we kind of like did it in the in the backyard." And he's like, "You actually did pretty pretty decent," and then. Yeah. And then they beat the crap out of me um, for oh, yeah. the next few months. Yeah. As soon as you mentioned the backyard, it's all over. Right? Yeah, it's no, downhill they, for you. They were actually pretty cool about it. Um, yeah. I'll say that. Because um, I, I listened, you know. And well, that's the thing, to. you know. You just you can't go into it because we did our stuff. I didn't go into it like, oh, I'm the king and I, right, I know what exactly. I'm doing type of thing. Because I, I, one, I didn't want to get hurt. And I knew it was, a, it was just a totally different ball game. So I, I sat back and. I watched, I listened, I attended seminars, and I did whatever I had to do, and um, I I fell in love with it. Absolutely fell in love with it for the short stint that it was. Yeah. How how so, long did you train? Sorry. Um, I started training in '06 with Bob and Dan Freitas and Chris Venom, and at the time, uh, I was working part time, and I couldn't really afford the the tuition that that they were charging, so I stepped away. And I randomly came across RWA in Centerdale in North Providence. I saw, I, right now it's a boxing gym. I saw kids across the street uh, walking into that building with, you know, biker shorts on and kick pads. And I called my buddy that I went to SummerSlam with. I was like, dude, something's going on in North Providence. Like, there's a school, there's something. They're doing shows. I'm checking it out. So I turned around and... I, uh, I went in there and I said, Hey, you know, what, what's going on here? And they're like, Oh, we're about to do our weekly show. And I'm like, I need more info. Who runs this place? <laughs> and they were like, Oh, they pointed to a guy named T Phoenix. So I went up to him. I was like, hi, I'm Anthony. And he's like, Nope, go talk to James. Right. So he's the one that, that runs the company. And uh, so I go talk to Jimmy and we set up a training date and whatever. And uh, to this day, T and I we're we're pretty tight. Uh, I always joke about him. I, you know, I tell him, "Hey, thanks for being an a-hole when I first met you." He's like, "Oh, I didn't mean anything by it. It was just show day, and I was stressed." Blah 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 blah. Um, but that was in 2011, and then, yeah, 2017 was kind of like where I tapered away. 2016, the end of 16, early 17 is where I tapered away. So, and it was a long little ride from then too. I mean, I didn't do it religiously like some of these guys do for a living. You know, I probably wrestled once, twice, maybe three times a month, if that. Um, but everything, everything was 
was wild. It was just completely wild to me. So yeah. how was your family's reaction to you wanting to get into wrestling? <laughs> so, uh, I don't think they believed me. Um, when I was a kid and I always, you know, we always, we all said, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And they were like, Oh, that's nice, honey. You know, what, what do you seriously want to be? And I'm like, you know, you, you people just don't understand it. Like I want to be a pro wrestler. And then, uh, you know, I got that from like teachers. I got that from my grandparents, my parents, everybody. Right. So I, I invite them to like my first show and they were like, what do you mean you're wrestling? Like you're coaching, right? I was like, no, 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 this is, I'm not coaching. This isn't a tournament. I, I got into pro wrestling. And they're like, what are you talking? Like, completely dumbfound, right? So they come, and they're just like, that was pretty good. Like, I, I believe you can do this now. And I was like, see, I told you so, chest all puffed out. <laughs> I was like, I tried telling you when I was six, you know? And uh, they were definitely my biggest fans. Um, I think my dad drew more of a crowd than I did because people loved to see his reactions, and he would interact and at times it got definitely overbearing where I was like, dad, you know, pull the rings back a little bit. And he just didn't listen anyway. Cause to him, it was still real. Right. It, it was like he, someone was really fighting me type of thing. He didn't realize that like it's entertainment type of thing. Yeah, um, I, saw, I saw a promo of Bobby Cruz, and Steve Carino talking about, they're going to beat your dad up. Right. How um, crazy is that? Think about what you just said. <laughs> Steve Carino and Bobby Cruz were talking about me and my dad. That that's I, to me, I made it. <laughs> that's awesome. But so, yeah, no, it was cool. That's cool. So what, what is the first organization that you started to actually hold matches in? It was RWA. Um, so I, you know, that was considered home to me. Um, he, they took me in T Phoenix. And at the time it was Jimmy Hansen. Um, they took me in, they, they, um, they let me train there and they started, they used to do like weekly shows and they used to have like a few students. It wasn't anything like, top-notch professional it was pretty it, it, you know it reminded me of of like us just in a building in a ring actually taking bumps and stuff like that and i owe them everything because if i never walked through that door and introduced myself and they didn't welcome me in to you know get a little bit better and whatnot i wouldn't have been doing the xwa shows or you know going anywhere else type of thing so I always told T that, and he's like, no, you know, you did it. And I'm like, no, yeah, but if it wasn't for you guys letting me in that door, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So, you know, I owe I owe everything to you pretty much, uh, even though I was the one in the ring. But, yeah, RWA was home. Um, I started getting some steam there, and they brought in Jose Perez, New England Hall of Famer, and we had a cage match. Uh, I remember it on my 25th birthday at the, uh, the ice rink. Yeah, the ice rink in Warwick, the yeah, Vets. Um, the and they, Bayer, Bayer yep, Arena. Bayer Arena. Yep. They, um, their big shows, they would uh, do it for like a fundraiser. So I think that one was for the Special Olympics or the Tomorrow Fund. And it was, you know, we drew a, a good crowd. And at the time, they would get a, a bunch of crap because they would be considered backyarders because they didn't have you know, a Bob Evans or at the time, like a Brian Fury at Chaotix training these kids. It was just, they were doing their own thing. Um, but as time went on, they actually, they got, they got noticed and, you know, they started branching out every individually and, and, and as an association too. So it was pretty cool to see them grow. Yeah. I, uh, I actually want to talk about that, um, that specific match against Jose Perez because I was there. Uh, I went to that show. That was a, 
I mean, there was a, uh, probably a couple hundred people there yep. at that show. Um, and there was, there was an energy to that match for sure. I was excited to see it because obviously you were in it, but, um, you know, because you're facing Jose Perez for <laughs> me, Jose. Um, so when I started getting back into wrestling, uh, is when I started watching like the Indies, I was watching, you know, low key AJ styles, guys like that. But, um, prior to that, I would see primal conflict wrestling on, yep. uh, on TV. And this was like the end of ECW. Jose Perez was a big name in there. You had Verta Breaker and Kevin Charisma, who were really nice guys. I, I met them and talked to them a lot um, in that short time that I was training with them. But Jose was like, you know, stood out to me. Um, and he had a match coming up against New Jack in Johnston. <laughs> and um, they were advertising Abdul the Butcher as well. So me and my friend Dale at the time were like, we got to go to the show. We've never been to an independent show, but like, we, we got to go. Yeah. And uh, Abdullah ended up not showing up. They, they got the Sandman instead. Um, and Sandman signed my an autograph over Abdullah the Butcher's face. He's like, ah, since he can't show up, I'll sign over his face. You don't care. Awesome. Um, and then New Jack threatened to kill me as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Total, you know, uh, total good guy. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Jose, so to see kind of that evolution – um, and now here's one of my friends going up against Jose. I was like, this is pretty damn cool. Um, and you guys put on a hell of a match. Jose chopped you to, to pieces. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you guys went off the cage. I think you went off multiple times. Um, so that was I, got, that was. I got beat up that day on you, my 25th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I loved working Jose. Uh, at times, in the very beginning, when, when they said, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to have you work Jose. Believe it or not, um, I was strictly so growing up. I was strictly WWE, WCW, right? So I knew what independent wrestling was, but I didn't know anything about it. Like I had no idea what ROH was, and this is in 2011, right? So I'm at RWA, and like I knew what ECW was, but like the the in the ROH, uh, you know, Dragon Gate at the time. So I didn't know any of these guys like that were local and finally got signed to these bigger indie promotions and whatnot. So it, it was, it wasn't until probably like 2011, 2012, that I was like, Oh my God, like there's a whole different world to this. And T came up to me and he's like, Hey, you know, I want to bring in Jose for you. And I was like, are you sure? Because it wasn't very long that I was, I was working with them or anything like that. And he's like, you know, you've come a long way and you know, you kind of already knew what you were doing because of the prior experience. He's like, I want to, I want to challenge you a little bit. So I was like, all right, cool. So I, I met Jose. And once I met Jose, he was actually booking shows for a company called FSW in Taunton. Um, and he would bring in like Eddie Edwards, Brian Fury. And um, so he, once we started talking, he actually brought me in for all three of those shows that he was running in Taunton. And I think we, I got him to do a show at Johnson high as a fundraiser and whatnot, but Jose super, super knowledgeable. He's been around forever, literally forever. And uh, yeah, he literally beat the crap out of me. You know, those chops, those are no joke. And I remember the first time we actually stepped foot in a ring. Uh, it was for RWA. It wasn't that cage match show. So we started building a couple months prior and 
he's like, I'm going to tease the chop, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I don't, I don't want to hit it right away. So I was like, I was dreading it. I was like, <laughs> I'm hoping you tease it like till the end of the match. Right. And that first one just took the wind right out of me. I was completely like, I needed to go out of the ring. I was like, Oh my God. Like I, I knew like he talked about it and people talked about it. They were busting my chops all day that day. Like, ah, oh, watch out for his chops, watch out for his chops. And I was just like, yeah, it's fine. I've been chopped before. No, <laughs> that was brutal. Uh, but that, the harder chop, Jose or Eddie Edwards? <laughs> Eddie Edwards apps actually chopped me in the face. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say Eddie on that one. Uh, but People have said the, stories about he's got like bear mitts. Who, Eddie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, he definitely got me in the chest and it definitely, it, it definitely stung. But the one to the face was pretty brutal as well. Um, but the the cage match with Jose, it was, we started building it with different promotions and we would, you know, be seen in different promotions throughout the state. And I was like, you know, why don't we make this a cage match? Why don't we make it interesting? And Jose was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do this. And throughout the course of the day, we, we were just shooting texts to each other like, hey, you know, you mind taking a suplex off the top of the cage? And dumb me was like, yep, let's do it. <laughs> we're going to get the reaction, thinking like we're in the big times, right? And uh, I, it was probably the most fun that I've ever had at that time. Um, and the feedback that I got from it was just unbelievable. Um, and I think, you know, at that time was when I was just starting to make the transition from RWA to full-time XWA. So how did so that come about? What's that? So how did that come about? Um, so XWA was huge in Rhode Island, early 2000s. Um, they took a break for a little bit there. And then in 2011, 2012-ish, um, they started running again and the promoter, Mike, came to an RWA show to look for, I guess, a buddy of his was like, hey, you know, you should really check this out. You could probably use them because from what I understood, their philosophy was, you know, let's let's bring in some younger guys that, you know, wouldn't necessarily get a good look. And uh, he came to a show. He pulled me aside and was like, hey, you know, I really like what you were doing. Let's let's do something here. I'm coming back. And at the time, he's telling me, like, you know, the the final show, he was bringing back, like, he was doing three shows. It was all for a benefit. And he's like, the final show is going to have Bret Hart and Mick Foley. And I was just completely blown away by that. I was like, yep, sign me up. Let's go. I don't care what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was that was the start of XWA. And it just all went downhill from there. <laughs> all downhill from there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had, uh, I had been to a few of the XWA shows before they they took a break so i saw like, like samoa joe i think yep. came around uh uh pre kofi kingston yep. was there uh full-on jamaican uh gimmick um when he was just like first starting um so yeah that was pretty cool when when i heard you were going over there and uh, i mean you you were pushed really well in xwa you you had matches against a lot of names they xwa brought in talent as well yeah. like uh, i think bobby cruz was involved as well so i think he had also involvement in ring of honor so like there's a lot of cross promotion as well i think you guys had a little feud with roh too yeah um 
So is there anybody? Let's let's talk about names that you've been in the ring with. Uh, we, yeah, we talked about Eddie Edwards, uh, Champa. Yep. In the ring with. Right? Yep. Um, he's Ivar now, but Warbeard Hanson. Yep. Uh, Steve Carino was cool. Um, more locally, uh, at the time, it, he wasn't signed to ROH, but TK Orion, Mike Bennett, Biff Busick, now Oni. Um, you know, so it was definitely a pretty wild ride in XWA. And then towards the end, when we did the ROH deal, um, that was that was like uh, big time for me, like uh, absolutely huge type of thing. Um, just seeing how everything unfolded and like so the way XWA works is he does his shows and it's not just all right, Atama, you're gonna work this guy this month and next month I'll find some. He he builds storylines from like they because they do their rumble. And then they build to like their WrestleMania like show resolution. Um, so from the Rumble to the the big show, it's it's just storylines, 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 storylines. So to see the build from the Rumble to Resolution. So the Rumble in January, Resolutions in November. So for for almost a full year to see the build and the story unfold, I was just completely blown away by everything. Um, but yeah, no XWA. You know they bring in their names, they bring in their local talent, and they, they, I, they, they put on a hell of a show. Sometimes they're a little long and whatnot, but that's independent wrestling, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I. It was cool to be in locker rooms with legends. It was cool to be in locker rooms with, you know, local guys that were on the verge of being signed that are now on. I just, I think I just watched Tommaso on NXT just literally ten minutes ago. So it's it's just it's pretty wild that that I had the opportunity to be a part of that. So, yeah. Uh, who were some of the names that uh, when they visited XWA or kind of made an appearance as a legend or a um, um, you know, a main star? Um, who were some of the people that kind of stand out as as just nice people, people that you really enjoyed being around? Um, I so it's <laughs> crazy. <No>. Because, yeah. <laughs> it's, the the fandom means like oh absolutely everyone it, the literally the uh, the best one I mean I, I don't know man uh, the nicest one like down to earth when he really didn't have to be was probably AJ Styles hmm. um, I remember I think yeah he was supposed to work the ROH show that we had the big payoff uh, I think he was going to wrestle JT Dunn but he was injured um, so they actually replaced AJ Styles with Matt Hardy that night. AJ still came to the show and, you know, publicly announced it instead of putting a Facebook post saying AJ wouldn't be there. Um, but I remember just being, you know, in the locker room area, just, you know, talking to AJ Styles about 90s wrestling, like like he was one of us. So that was like mind blowing to me because of who he is and what he's doing at the time and everything. And I think that was literally right before he made it to WWE or went to WWE. So um, that was great. But legends wise, I... Hacksaw Jim Duggan is probably the nicest human being I've ever come across. <laughs> uh, and I, it, you know, I, Vader was brought in. Ric Flair was brought in. Uh, I was actually doing a little storyline with Ric Flair's son, Reed, before his untimely passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to bring it back full circle, that was the guy that, like, drew me into wrestling. So I was like, oh, my God, like, this is crazy. Um, 
But yeah, it's it's to, to even just sit here right now and think about like the people that I've come across in wrestling in XWA and just wrestling in general is just like mind blowing to me. Yeah, it's crazy. XWA was always a good show. Andy and I uh, went to quite a few shows together. I remember going to one of the Rumbles. Um, I think, was that the year Vader was around for the Rumble, Andy? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was another, I remember there being another event, maybe it was the same Rumble, where um, they dove off of the top of the truck and through the tables. Uh, <laughs> and totally <laughs> was, the tables on the way down. Yeah, that was actually, uh, that was Mike, the promoter, uh, building a storyline for uh, a buddy of mine, Tino. And uh, I remember being in the ring and just watching them come off the box truck and thinking they're dead. <laughs> yes, we were right next to it. So Andy and I were probably two rows from it. And uh, the, when they fell, most of their bodies just hit the cement, not the, the table. Oh, yeah. right down. Um, I think we, my brother was there, too. And one of the rare times we were able to get him in public. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a good time, and that might have been a show Ryan was was commentating at as well, but I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I, um, I, I want to say yeah, he was definitely there at the time. We uh, being being the backyard wrestlers that we were, we pretended we were the NWO that day, coming in and <laughs> invading XWA and just not telling anyone. It was. Yeah, uh, I, I knew because I was on the inside with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about the storylines that XWA built, and there's one storyline I want. I want you kind of discuss and that's with uh the phoenix yep um you know you guys built out this um emotional storyline um that built up to this absolutely crazy match um that you guys had um you know i i think i witnessed that one live and it was just well well put together um did a nice little table bump right in front of ryan i think uh announced table yep so uh can you talk a little bit about that and um, you know, your thoughts. Yeah. Um, so XWA did their three shows. They took a little break and, um, you know, I, I became really tight with, with the Phoenix or Mike and he's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to run. Um, and at the time he, I think his, his dad, he just found out his dad was sick. Um, and his dad was a huge supporter of XWA and he wanted to run shows because, he knew the inevitable was going to happen. So he wanted to run, you know, a, a segment of shows in his father's honor when his father eventually passed. Um, so he contacted me about me and Mike always talked every day. We became really, really tight during this time. And, but he contacted me in like a wrestling promoter stand, like point of view type of thing. He's like, listen, this is, this is what I'm thinking. Let me know what you think. And I'm like, absolutely. Let's do it. So, um, He's like, you know, I haven't wrestled. You know, I just, I want to do this for my dad. And I was like, what, whatever it takes, whatever we're going to do, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll, we'll, I trust you to build a story. And uh, he, his very first show, it's in Woonsocket at the CYO Center or something like that. And I'll never forget it. He has a memorial table with, you know, these, uh, flowers and vases and everything like that and he comes out he's cutting a promo about the the run that we're that xwa is about to have and he's like you know this is your time so my music hits and before the show he's like listen nobody touch 
Nobody absolutely cannot. Everything is on limits except for that memorial table. Do not touch that memorial table. You know, it's for my father, blah, 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 blah. He's cutting the promo. My music hits. He gets out of the ring. I have a manager at the time. And uh, they were saying, you know, this is Antonio Thomas time and blah, 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 blah. So Mike gets out of the ring. He bumps me in my shoulder. I turn around. I grab a vase from the memorial table. I smash it over his head. Locker room clears because you just hit the promoter. This was completely forbidden, right? He just told us, don't touch the memorial table. And people thought it was like people really had heat with me. Um, and that was the start of the story. So I, I knew instantly that it was going to be good. Um, and for months, we built it got to resolution and that was the the show where rick flair was there um i think it was rick flair mick foley ted dibiase was there uh hacksaw and you know we we were able to rent some ring time from rwa they had a building and whatnot xwa didn't have a building so we were getting in there and mike was you know we were going over some stuff and it came show day it would it it killed like we killed it and not to toot my own horn or anything like that or toot Mike's own, but I, in, during the match, in the middle of the match, even like the interaction with the referee and you know, everything was well-placed and, and went exactly to plan. Um, and, uh, you know, all the feedback that we got from it when we got in the back, they were like, you know, you guys should have went on last type of thing. Like, how are we going to follow that emotional story, right? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, at one point, Mike's mom got involved. She was Slapped slapping you. me around. Yep. yep. <laughs> it was just, it was well, very well put. Um, and I was happy to do it. I was happy. I think in the beginning, when he first started talking about it, he's like, you know, I, I, I'm the promoter. I don't, I don't want to go over. And I'm like, well, that's not happening. So either you go over or I'm not doing this, right? Because it doesn't make sense. And he's like, you know, I just don't want to do that, blah, 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 because that's the type of person he was. And um, I was just like, no, it, the right thing to do is to, you know, it's, it's just for your dad. So we're going to do the right thing. We're going to do business. Let's, let's do the right thing. And uh, I think that was like, I think that's when Mike knew, like, I wanted it, like I wanted the business. Um, but, you know, I always put real life first and that's why I'm not doing anything with it right now. Yeah, I, I don't think you're tooting your own horn, man. I think that was a, a great match. I, I was I was super impressed by it. I think, you know, I was just like, wow, this is intense. Um, <laughs> there was no, no you know, no botches. Like it was, it was perfectly laid out. I thought you guys did a tremendous job in that match. Yeah. Yeah. Just, um, the, the story got, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot of pressure because I wanted it to be perfect for him. I wanted it to be perfect for, you know, his family. Um, he probably wasn't supposed to be wrestling for prior health conditions and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I personally wanted it to be perfect, not just for me because of the stage that it was on, but just for what it was all about. And, you know, I think, I think we did a good job at it. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he was definitely proud of it at the end of the day. And when he watched it back, he, you know, so that I was happy about that. Um, tell us what comes to mind uh, when you see this. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the night that I, uh, I won the XWA title. That was the, the, the ROH versus XWA show. And Mick Foley actually tried to help me win the XWA title back. Um, gave uh, Ivar or Warbeard the Mr. Sacco deal and didn't work to my benefit like it usually does. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that, that night, 
was absolutely wild to me. Um, I actually, <laughs> not to break down the wall of the business or anything like that, but I actually, before that show, uh, so that was 2015, mm-hmm. and that's when I started reflecting on, on life, right? So I, wrestling wasn't my full-time gig. I had a full-time job, and you know, I was engaged. I just proposed to my wife in February, so that show was in November. So I started thinking, I'm like, you know what? We, we're going to stop building a family. And then, you know, I got a, I have a great job uh, making good money and I can't take the chance of getting hurt anymore. You know, I got to start thinking of like the future. So I had the talk with Mike and I'm just like, listen, uh, you know, resolution is going to be my last show. Like I, I can't take the chance of getting hurt. And I, I gave him the same spiel and he's, he's like, okay. Like he kind of blew me off like that. And I'm like, all right, well, I just, you know, I'm letting you know, I'm trying to, you know, give you the comment, like the, the courtesy of being professional and everything. He's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> that was it, right? So this whole time he's building the story, and I'm like, all right. So I see where he's going. I'm going to be working Hanson uh, at the show. He's the champion, and it just—it's not making sense to me, right? Because XWA wants their title back. So I'm like, I told him this is going to be my last show. So Mike keeps everything a secret because that's—that's how he is. And the day of the show, he was like, listen, uh, I, I'm going to go over the finish with you. And I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, you remember WrestleMania 12? I'm like. Yep. He's like, all right, I need that. I need that ending, that emotion. And I'm like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, how the hell was Bret Hart acting then? Like, I, I have no idea what's going on, right? I'm like, I don't remember Bret Hart at all. He's like, no, you're right. I need Shawn Michaels out of you. I'm just like, oh, my God, you're going to be kidding me. He's like, yeah, no. He's like, I know you're not done. And I was like, no, I was, I was kind of serious. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, we still got a lot of life in you. And uh, so I didn't know I was actually going over until the day of the show because that that's how mike rolls he likes to you know spring it on you and get your actual emotion and reaction and there it is kevin quinn was probably he the referee in the picture is i used to call him pops or dad and he was awesome i was happy to have him out there with me he's, uh, in, better, he's in better shape than most wrestlers yeah oh yeah oh yeah he's in better shape than me look at me in that picture uh, <laughs> But he was actually the referee. I requested him for the match with the Phoenix um, in 2013, I believe that was. I just I had a good relationship with him, and he was excellent to work with. And uh, I, 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 once I knew that I was going over that, I wanted Kevin Quinn in that ring with me, type of thing. So it was cool. But yeah, it was it was pretty wild. Um, and then especially to find out like the melee that was happening towards the end of that match and Foley's getting in the ring and like that Parkview middle school kid was going nuts inside <laughs> watching all this unfold. But and I was best night of my life by far the best night of my life professionally wrestling wise. So that changed your mind. Give it a, give it a few more years or uh, it did. It did. Uh, 2016 is when I got married. Um, I was actually supposed to, so I coach wrestling, as you know, and I had a good opportunity to go to the NCAA Division One tournament in New York uh, the day of the Rumble, uh, the XWA Rumble, and I think he pushed it to March then. Yeah, and like I just said, Mike doesn't really, Mike, especially with me, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to build a suspense and whatnot, so... I already had the opportunity. I said yes to the opportunity to the NCAAs. And uh, he tells me, hey, uh, you're going to be working Rhino at the Rumble. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to work Rhino. 
once in a lifetime opportunity to go to the NCAAs and possibly make, you know, some sort of move just to experience a college tournament as a coach and, you know, see what it's all about. And I went to the NCAAs and he's like, well, I need my title defended at the rumble. So I'm going to take it from you. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Business. It's cool. Um, so things started slowing down. Then um, I got married in September and he had the Champa versus Cody Roadshow right before Champa went to NXT. And that's where I kind of came back and cost Eddie Edwards the title and started to build the, uh, the storyline with uh, getting the uh, stipulation six-way ladder match deal. And I had a contract where I could do anything I wanted for a year. And it was a wild ride. But that was the time where things definitely slowed down a bit. So when did you officially throw in the towel and say, I, I'm, I'm done? Uh, it was probably, yeah, it was definitely early 17. Um, yeah, I just, I knew it, the, the wrestling world, and I, I don't mean to be negative towards it. It's a very shady world. Um, it's a carny life. It 100% is. Like I said before, you meet some characters, you meet some good people, you meet some bad people, and the the that drama, I just and nothing specifically or purposefully came my way. I just it, it was it was just negative vibe. I still love it. Like I'm literally watching NXT as I'm talking to you guys. Like I I love wrestling. I love professional wrestling. Um, but I knew I knew I was planning to leave in 15 before I got married. I knew once we got married that I had to take things seriously. Now, you know, again, my wife, she works, I work, but I, I wanted to be that person that could actually support her and, and a family that we're going to have. And I just didn't want to take the chance of potentially getting hurt and not being able to provide. Um, so, yeah, it was probably early 17. Um, I think I had one or two matches in 17, and that was it. Uh, and then I, I quietly walked away. I didn't, you know, I didn't want a big to-do or a big match because that's not who I am. Um, and yeah, I, I never, it doesn't look like I retired. So if, if I ever change my mind, I'm not going to be like, uh, some of these guys that retire, come back, retire, come back. You don't want to pull Terry Funk? No, 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 no. So I, uh, I, I like the, I like to leave that, that, that door open sometimes. But, yeah. Well, you had that, you know, we were talking about this prior. You had that one match in 2019 where you wrestled yep. in jeans and a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> So, you know, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, leave the door open, you know, because who knows what can come up. Uh, yeah. But I, I think you are, you played it smart. Like you, you only wrestled a few times a month, like you said. Yep. Um, you didn't really, you know, go to too many places. You could have. Yeah. Honestly, I think I'm being honest with you. I think you could have went out there um, and traveled a little bit, but, you know, you kind of, like you said, you chose personal over, over professional yeah. wrestling, which oh yeah, to me it's smart because uh, I kind of that had a lot to do with me stopping training as well. I was yeah. just like, I kind of started seeing the politics behind the scenes and the. Yeah. I, I was still a kid. I was eighteen. I wanted to be with my friends on Saturday. I didn't want to yeah. be driving an hour to and from a, a show in the middle of nowhere in a bad neighborhood with a bunch of thirty-year-old dudes. That was not my like. I was like, I did like one show, like, like, kind of helping out, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I like this. 
you know, yeah. and um, that was kind of the start of me saying bye. <laughs> um, My, mine was the 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 body that I had uh, since I was that, a teenager. <laughs> that's the reason I didn't do it. Yeah, um, definitely. You could have been something good. A meatball eating champion right here. <laughs> so uh, we're reaching uh, reaching the end, I think, here. But uh, just a couple questions, you know, to kind of end it with. Um, you know, you're watching the business now. Who are some of the standouts that you just love currently in the in the business, uh, whether it be WWE, NXT, AEW, any anywhere? Uh, I mean, I like I always root for the local boys. I love watching, you know, Champa and Hanson wrestle. Uh, it's crazy. I, I'm a huge like I collect Hasbro's. I collect the new stuff that's coming out, and I'm collecting Tommaso Ciampa figures, Mike Bennett figures. I'm collecting Ivar fig. It's it's absolutely nuts to me that I was working shows with these guys, and now I'm collecting their action figures. Um, I absolutely love the stuff that Vincent is doing in ROH right now. Mm-hmm. Vinny Mozzelia. Mm-hmm. He that and again, he's one of the most down to earth people that i've ever met in pro wrestling um but what you see on that screen is Vinny turned up to a million because that is that's who he is it's just it's unbelievable to see him evolve into what he is on ring of honor right now is just it's absolutely tremendous um yeah i I, i'll probably get a lot of crap from this from a few of my buddies that watch wrestling with me if they're ever hear this uh i absolutely love what they're doing with Roman right now. I think it's absolutely incredible. Yes, for sure. yeah. um, I think him and Heyman work tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, a lot of it, you know, it, it, I, I really haven't given AEW a chance. I don't know why. I just, I, I think I flipped, I, I flipped the channel once and I was just like, yeah, you know, and like I've done shows with the Young Bucks on them. I've done shows with Cody and, and all them, and not saying like we're best friends or anything, but to me, it's just still like, like when I see the Young Bucks, I think of indie wrestling. I don't think of them competing with WWE. And that's just like me, and, and it's not a knock on them. But um, yeah, I, I know they're killing it in the ratings. You know, they, they're absolutely killing it right now. Well, we're um, gonna need you to stop talking bad about them because they are one of our sponsors. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, I love that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Not no, but this show. Yeah, we just figure. lost AEW. Thank you. <laughs> I apologize. But you have to just So, <laughs> overall, what show, if you could watch one show currently, NXT, AEW, WWF, what are you watching currently that you, you just think Not is WWF, the best Not WWF, sorry. <laughs> What's the best show on TV? UWA VHSs, brother. <laughs> I have them on DVD. I upgraded. Oh my god! I got them. Uh, oh, I, I'm loving uh, NXT. I since it came out uh, on the network and everything like that. Now that it's live and whatnot, and a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the the guys that I was around came up through NXT, whether they're on Raw, Smack, whatever the case may be. It's just uh, it. To me, it's the show of shows right now, um, and I know a lot of people are hyped on AEW, um, but you know, I I don't even flip the channel when it's on. To be honest with you, I, I just strictly watch it. And I mean, I'm not religiously glued to the TV, but it's just cool to see those local guys getting their time to shine, and it's that, that's tremendous to me. Nice. So if uh, a phone call goes to you and they said we want you to get back in the ring tomorrow 
I guess anybody that you want to. Who's that person? Anybody that I want to? Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> I would probably say Mark Thunder. Mark Thunder. <laughs> I was actually thinking Mark Thunder. <laughs> I, I remember I, that day well. I remember that day well. I was a huge obviously I was a huge Ric Flair fan. Um, but I would probably say a healthy Kurt Angle. Mm. Yep. A, yeah. In his prime, Kurt Angle, the stuff that he was doing back then was unbelievable. The Olympic background, everything just that. He was my guy back then, you know, during that, that period. Um, but he's probably one of the guys that I would love to have been able to do something with in his, in his prime if I was able to have the opportunity to. Nice. Well, hey, thank you again for joining us today. There's so much we could talk about and probably so much we could talk about that no one would have any idea what we are talking about. But um, we enjoy having you on the show as our first interview. Hopefully uh, many more will come. Um, but, um, yeah, thank you again. As I said, do you have anything to plug or any shout-outs? No, I, I, no. Okay. no. <laughs> no I mean, it, Obviously, you know XWA, RWA. Those are you know those are those are home to me. Um, Hopefully, your wife's yeah, not listening. No, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's much wrestling going on, unfortunately, with everything going on and whatnot. Um, it sucks, it definitely does, because I love to get out of the house and just check out the indies, even though I'm not strictly involved and just watch it as a fan. But it's uh, it's different times, and hopefully, we can all get out of it and stay safe and healthy and whatnot, and We'll be back to semi-normalness soon, hopefully. But yeah, yeah. Well, hey, we'll end with this. You do it for the kids. That's it. It's all <laughs> about the kids. <laughs> like I'm in there somewhere, arena, actually. Well, yeah, that is that is. Yeah, I worked Brian Fury that night. Where are you getting these pictures, RJ? You know, I got ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways hey again thanks for joining the Udami Hello podcast for our first live interview hopefully many more to come um, and we will see you next time yeah man thank you